Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Coming up next on the Liverbird Sailing Podcast. We really, I guess, have found it to be quite an eye-opening experience um, to be a liverboard sailor. You obviously are very conscious of your resources, your water use, the electricity that you use, um, being that, you know, quite often you're, you've got quite a short supply of both. And you're also witnessing all of that plastic pollution in the ocean and on the beach, and it's it's in your face every day. So I think just that alone is um, is enough to kind of kick you into gear to to spend a little bit more time to be conscious about how you use your resources and the purchases that you make as well. Welcome to the podcast. I am your host Annika. On the Liverboard Sailing Podcast, I chat with awesome people who live, work, and travel on their sailboats. My guests share inspiring stories and real-life advice about the lifestyle so that you and I can be better prepared for our sailing adventures. This week, I'll take you to Australia to hear about the liverboard life on a small catamaran, starting with absolutely no sailing experience and learning on the go. My guests are Kyle and Haley from Sailing Eden, and you may know them as the brains and creative minds behind the wholesome sailors community. We had a lovely chat about what drew this couple to a life on the ocean, what they do for a living, and we also talk about what it means to live consciously as a liverboard sailor. Here is my chat with Kyle and Haley. So I have followed you online and, and mostly know you through Instagram and, and the Wholesome Sailors website. But unlike with most of my uh, podcast guests, I didn't actually know a whole lot about you too. So can you tell me a little bit about yourselves as a way of uh, introduction? So who do we have on the podcast today? Yeah, well, thanks for having us. Um, I'm Kyle. And my name's Haley. And um, we live aboard our Peter Snell designed 10 meter or 33 foot long catamaran 
and we have been uh, on board chasing Eden uh, for four years now. All right. So that sounds like a, a really cool boat. I don't actually think I've talked to a lot of people. I think you're only the second people I'm talking to who have a catamaran. So uh, did you always want a catamaran or were you considering monohulls at any point? Um, yeah, I guess like most cruisers our age, um, obviously budget was a big part of buying our boat. Um, and so monohulls definitely came into our consideration. I suppose where we did take the compromise in buying a catamaran was the size. Um, Chasing Eden is, as we said, only quite a small catamaran. She's 10 metres long or 33 feet. But even now, looking back, we, um, we're we still not uh, unhappy with our decision to buy a 10-metre catamaran because every time you do boat work, that um, 33 feet is is something we, we really enjoy. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Every time we scrub the bottom or put a, a piece of... Um, maintenance on it and then now uh, I love every uh, 33 feet and not anymore so um, it's been we've been happy with it and um, I think uh, it was launched in 2013 so we really wanted to buy the, a boat that we um, we didn't have to do any work on we could get cruising straight away and um, I think that's what we did so we haven't done too much work uh, on the boat thankfully and we're about to uh, put it on the hard for the first time and uh, redo the anti-foul and a bit of painting and and maintenance that way so it was really good to to um, buy something in our budget that was um that was ready to go yeah for sure and and pardon my ignorance i don't know a whole lot about catamarans because i'm looking at monohulls but is a 33 foot catamaran still something you could if you wanted to uh cross an ocean with or is that sort of is there such a thing as too small of a catamaran yeah um, look, we've we've crossed um, the Arafura Sea into uh, Indonesia from Australia, and uh, you, people row across oceans and uh, take all sorts of uh, different size boats. Uh, I think if you're smart and you go when the weather's right and um, you're not in a hurry, then um, I believe that you can get you can go around the world on any size boat. I'm not saying that that's um, our plan at, at this stage, but um, you know I would say that. A 33-foot boat is um, is quite capable, but like I said, if you take it uh, with the right weather and make sure that you're not um, you're not putting yourself in harm's way that way, then I think that a 10-meter or 33-foot boat um, can go pretty much anywhere you want. Yeah, and that makes sense because, of course, in a 33-foot monohull, you could easily do it. So it's just my uh, lack of knowledge about catamarans and how they work. So I always like to uh, ask these questions, but that is good to hear. And... What I find interesting in talking with so many people is that everybody has a different background and sort of a different process of getting started with this lifestyle. So I'm wondering, can you share what you, did you do before you bought your sailboat? Like, um, what were your lives like and, and where did you get started before you had a sailboat? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously it was quite a different um, a different life for us before living aboard Chasing Eden. Uh, I owned my own cafe with my sister just in a little seaside suburb of our hometown. Uh, so I was very busy working uh, every day, very long hours, um, being, you know, a hospitality type job. And Kyle was actually working in central Australia, hundreds of kilometres from any ocean or thousands of kilometres actually from any ocean. He was working, um, yeah, in, in central Australia. So, um, yeah, very different to what our lives look like now. I guess what sparked the 
I guess the drive to move to a liveaboard lifestyle was I'd recently been on a um a charter with a group of girlfriends in Fiji and we'd sailed around to all these exotic locations and it had really been the first taste at, at a liveaboard life for, for just a short period of time. And um, I was completely hooked, the, you know, for the first week and I, I got home and, and called Kyle. That's right. She calls me up and she goes, Kyle, that's it. We're buying a boat. And, and I said, well, like, how am I going to look at a boat? We're in the I'm in the middle of um, Central Australia. There's there's not many boats around here, so uh, we ended up I ended up moving back to um, to Adelaide where Haley was, and um, and we put in place our steps to to sell the the cafe and um, and basically pack everything up and start start boat shopping. All right, that is a, a really cool origin story. And um, what do you think that appeal to you in this lifestyle apart from the beautiful ocean life and and beautiful islands um that you experienced Haley but uh, what is it that draw you into this lifestyle as a permanent solution instead of uh, just doing this for vacations yeah well it is just such a different lifestyle from uh, life on the land and I think what really drew us to it was just that we could be totally in uninterrupted living in nature 100% of the time Um, and I guess you know encompassing everything that that means Uh, on bad days you know being 100% in that rain squall Um, and on nice days as well when you've got a beautiful glass off and turtles are popping their heads up right next to the back back door Um, I don't know for you Kyle that's right yeah I I really enjoy um, I really enjoy the the, every seeing every sunrise and sunset and um, and we, we're free to run our own course. We, we both enjoy being in warmer weather in the, in the summer seasons. So we get to go with the seasons um, on a boat. And, um, you know, we like it, you know, the freedom it brings. Uh, but it does come with the challenges, obviously. Um, but um, I think, you know, as people have said before, sailing is uh, the highest highs and the lowest lows. So, yeah, if you can run through that um, and, and um, be happy in the end, then uh, it's definitely the lifestyle for you. I'm also curious to hear, uh, as someone who does not have a whole lot of uh, sailing experience yet, so how much sailing experience did you guys have before you went on and bought your catamaran? Well, <laughs> zero. Zero. Um, we had, uh, like, besides Haley went on that charter, um, but that was um, that had a captain, so she didn't really do much sailing. Um, and I hadn't really ever been on a sailboat, um, maybe on a, one of those um, party ones, um, catamarans where it's not really sailing, it's more drinking. So besides that, um, I've never been on a, on a sailboat or a catamaran. So we went and had a look at um, one catamaran before this one and um, then we come across this one and, and we bought it on the spot. So we hadn't had any experience. And then um, the first, ta- first day we got the boat, we had it on, we bought it on an island and the marina was about... Um, about an hour and a half sail from the uh, from the island to the marina, and we were planning to put everything on board. So we um, we pulled it out in the marina, and and uh, Haley thought we were going to uh, motor all the way over. And I said, "Well, we didn't buy a motorboat; we bought a sailboat. So let's try and put these sails up." And uh, look, if anyone experiences sailing was watching that first uh, time we put the sails up, they would have <laughs> had it had a good laugh because we it took us about an hour just to put the main up. But um, anyway, we got it up and we sailed about yeah about seventy percent of the way back to the marina and um, and uh, that, that was our first experience ever 
have a uh, sailing. So um, it's a it's a it's a steep learning curve, but uh, at the end of the day, it's um, you know the best way to learn. We find is to uh, to be out there and and um, and give it a go. And I should just point out as well, we we perhaps weren't quite as reckless as Kyle makes it out to be because Kyle was actually a, a pilot before uh, life on the sea here. So he's got some excellent skills with navigation. Uh, navigation and weather, and weather is, is two things that I studied. So, um, yeah, like Hay says, we, we sort of, I sort of had that down pat. So um, it was just the actual, you know, moving under the wind power is what we had never experienced before. So when we finally got the boat to the marina and we had a lot of uh, planning of cleaning and doing some maintenance on the boat, um, so we booked into the marina for about a week. And uh, on the third day, the local um, the local broker came down and had a beer with us in the afternoon and he said, oh, congratulations on, on uh, buying this boat. Um, what are you doing in the marina? And we said, oh, we've got all this work to do. We want to do this. We want to do that. And he said, okay, well, do the engines work? And I said, yes. And he said, do the sails work? I said, yes. He said, is it leaking water? I said, no. He said, well, we'll get out there. What are you doing in a marina? And so the next day we um, we pretty much dropped the lines and we went out and we did a, a two-week uh, shakedown cruise and uh, everything went well. And we came back to the marina and we decided, well, half those jobs that we had in, in mind weren't needed to, to start cruising. So we put them all on the back burner and um, and then we ended up, yeah, leaving and heading south to get out of the cyclone area. Um, so that was, a, that was a really good piece of advice we got early on is um, is don't overthink things. If everything's safe, then, then um, yeah, get out there and, and live that life. Yeah, that's a really cool story. And I love that you got started with, you know, with zero experience, basically. And now you've been successfully doing it for a long time. But also super nice that you got that little kick on the butt to go go and explore and people are asking why are you in the marina you know you have a boat go go sail it so that's that's definitely good advice because of course that's what the boat is meant for and i actually wanted to ask you now that you have been sailing for a while do you spend all your time on anchor or do you visit marinas uh, unless you know obviously if you, if you need to be on the heart or, or do some work maybe you need to but for the most part uh, do you spend your time on on anchor yeah where we definitely spend pretty much 99 percent of our time on anchor i think we can count on uh one hand how many times we've been in a marina um also i guess it's because of the places that we've visited uh a lot of the areas in the the top half of australia are quite remote um and have very few facilities uh not even towns to be honest um in the last sort of six to eight months that we've been cruising um very few towns we've even passed so yeah most of our time is spent on anchor for sure yeah well you've mentioned a couple of really cool places so far the uh australia you know i think all of australia is amazing but you also mentioned indonesia there earlier so where have you uh actually done sailing so far yeah, we did start on the east coast of Australia. So we did spend our first season sailing from, uh, I believe it was Noosa, which is sort of um, the southern part of Queensland, uh, all the way up the Queensland coast around the tip of Australia, which obviously was quite momentous being the, the most northern tip of Australia to, to sail around that point, um, to Darwin, which uh, for those of you that aren't are familiar with, it's in the middle of Australia, right at the top. 
Um, and that that is a really easy jumping off point to Indonesia. At the time, we we hadn't planned to head head over overseas. We were thinking we'll put the boat on the hard and you know do some work and just um, you know save up some money in that sailing kitty again. And um, we met a bunch of other cruisers heading off to Indonesia the very next week. And we were there having, uh, I think it was sundowners on the beach, wasn't it? And everyone was very excited and we kind of got a little bit caught up in the moment and decided that we would also be joining them yeah, that, it was, that very next week. It was November, so it was the start of the cyclone season. So we uh, we weren't even sure that going uh, up into Indonesia was a good idea at in that point in time. But, um, yeah. There was more more boats doing it, and we decided that we'd go get our visas. And if we if we got approved, then um, then we'd go as well. So two weeks after those uh, those sundowners, we um, we set sail up to Indonesia. Yeah, and so through Indonesia, we uh, we were very blessed to be able to go all as far uh, up as West Papua. Um, so yeah, on the far eastern side of Indonesia, um, to a place called Raja Ampat, which um, I'm not sure if many of your listeners have heard of it before, but it's um, a beautiful dive mecca, um, you know, all of the manta rays and excellent sea life. So we spent a considerable amount of time up there um, right up until COVID hit, I guess, in March of 2020. Um, so we then started to make our way uh, further south again, sort of back to Australia with with a number of other cruises at the time, sort of all in limbo as to what we were supposed to do in the middle of a pandemic in the middle of remote Indonesia. Um, yeah, before long, I guess it was decided that we would head back to Australia. That seemed, you know, from our family's perspective and I guess our perspective as well, that that was the, the best option for us at the time. And so this year we've spent our season in Australia Definitely not a compromise because we've been sailing through the Kimberleys, which uh, is a very remote part of uh, northwestern Australia and, and now down the west coast. So, um, yeah, it's it's been a magic, magic place to be sailing. Yes, I've seen your Instagram and I would uh, definitely agree with that definition. It looks absolutely magical out there. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And I'm curious, um, I have not talked to a lot of people from Australia who are doing the liveaboard life, and I would love to know about your experience. Do you feel that Australia is pretty open-minded towards liveaboards? And I'm asking because I've talked to quite a few people here in Canada and also in the U.S. 
who have said that the attitude towards liverboards is not necessarily always positive and that marinas tend to be increasing their restrictions based on maybe what it was five years ago or 10 years ago and so on. So what's the liverboard situation like in Australia? Yeah, well, I guess based on our experience, we've we feel like we've been pretty lucky in that regard. Um, I would say Australia is quite open to liverboards. Um, I feel like maybe we are a little bit few and far between, especially in this this top end of Australia and, and also down the West Coast. It's maybe not such a popular cruising ground as the, the East Coast is becoming. Um, but, yeah, I would say it's a, it's a pretty easy, um, pretty easy, place to cruise yeah absolutely there's there's plenty on the east coast there's plenty of marinas if you if that's what the way you want to go and there's also lots of anchorages um and yeah i would say that australia is definitely open to liverboards and um you're definitely the talk of the town every time you um arrive in a new place and and uh, head to shore to go get some supplies and you know people always if they're on their walks and they see you pull up on your tender they they like to have a chat and ask you know is that is that the boat you live on and uh, where have you been what are you doing so you know people are definitely open to it and um, there's no one no one uh, short of giving you a ride to the local shops if you needed um, or carry some some stuff for you so it's been uh, yeah, it's been nice to um, yeah to have that support yeah definitely that sounds actually really good and really positive and obviously you guys have the weather uh, pretty much year round that is much more, um, well, comfortable compared to, say, west coast of the U.S. or Canada. But, of course, you do have to deal with uh, cyclones there as well. So there's always a little bit of a hurdle. But uh, that's great to hear that overall it's uh, it's pretty positive for you. And another thing that I like to ask, especially younger people, um, so you are a young couple and clearly you didn't, you know, do what many people plan to do and wait until retirement before you started sailing. So do you work from your boat? And and if you can share what you um, do for a living, I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, we uh, we absolutely do uh, work from our boat. Um, and uh, I'm a graphic designer. So um, I, um, I have certain clients that I've been working with over the years. And the great thing is that um, we can, I can work remotely with that. Um, in lockdown in Indonesia, when we were sitting there for a few months waiting to uh, decide what we were going to do, I started a little brand called Naughty Drawings, where um, I do boat logos. So I draw people's boats and um, that started out by just drawing the local um, boats in the anchorage and everyone thought it was pretty cool. They can put it on their t-shirts and um, on merchandise or whatever. So, um, so I sort of took that and ran with it. So I continue doing that now. That's where I get most of my income. Um, and I have started doing a little bit of content writing. Um, I specialize obviously in the sailing field, working for various sailing companies. And also my background lies um, in the wellness industry. So I'm a yoga instructor by trade as well. Um, and so I do a little bit of content writing for a lot of wellness brands as well. So that again has been really nice. It's something I can do um, remotely. And um, yeah, I've continued uh, to do that for for most of the time that we've been sailing. Yeah, that's really cool. And I love that uh, you both have a job that you can do remotely because, you know, I think um, that's generally the way we're headed, uh, at least, you know, as uh, who are a little bit younger uh, and who don't want to wait till retirement or near retirement uh, before we get out there. So that is great to hear a real life example of people 
successfully working from their sailboats while while um, sailing. And I get the sense that you don't like to be bored because I know you've been busy with another project that you recently launched uh, called Wholesome Sailors, which is a great online community that you have started and created. So where did, well, maybe you could give a little bit of an introduction. What is, uh, for anybody who hasn't heard, what is the Wholesome Sailors and where did you get the idea to start this kind of an online community that's very focused on the wellness uh, aspect that you uh, mentioned you're familiar with? Yeah, so I guess the uh, concept for the Wholesome Sailors is that it's a, an online platform, so a website at this stage, um, to for sailors uh, from all around the world to find and share lifestyle ideas. Um, so this can be things about recipes or galley hacks. Um, yeah, like we said, fitness and and well being. So maybe some breath work, meditation, um, as well as just some science behind reasons to go green. So you know we've got a couple of different people doing various things at the moment, but looking into antifouls and, um, you know, composting toilets is obviously always a big a big topic. Um, but I guess how this sort of all came about was that we've always had uh, crew and friends and family on board and, and every time they leave, you know, they're always sort of very inspired by the time they leave um, Chasing Eden and their time spent sailing with us. And and the word wholesome, I guess, always gets thrown around. We we do spend a lot of time trying to eat yummy food, as we all do. Um, living on a boat, as you know, is, is quite a minimalist lifestyle. And uh, we do put a, a big uh, bit of our days spent, um, you know, being active, so doing some daily fitness or, or diving um, and those kinds of things too. So, they kept mentioning to us, oh, you know, it's so inspiring to be on board Chasing Eden and, and um, you know, you should really share this. Yeah, so when we decided that we wanted to build a platform, we wanted it to be uh, diverse in ideas and we realised that we didn't have all the answers to what it is to have and live a wholesome lifestyle. So what we wanted to do is we wanted to build a community of people out there that uh, had different skills and, um, you know, bring it all together in one place rather than have it spread out everywhere. So we've gone out and we've sought as many people as we can that we've found online that has uh, is living a wholesome lifestyle or has wholesome lifestyle skills and knowledge. And we, um, we brought, we're bringing them together. And um, I think that's going to be the best way for us to build, um, you know, a website that's full of knowledgeable ideas. Um, you know, maybe my claim to fame, as I say on the, in the Anchorage is my campfire sourdough bread, which I, uh, which I enjoy baking, but uh, I have no idea how to pickle, uh, pickle kelp. So, um, that's why we got a, a young girl uh, called Taryn to uh, write an article about pickling kelp. So, you know, that sort of thing we want to be, um, we want to be, we want to cross all the um, aspects of wholesome lifestyle. And we realized that we just, we just didn't have all that knowledge. So, um, but there are people out there that do. So let, you know, if we can bring them together in a community, then, um, you know, we're going to provide the best quality um, knowledge that we can. Yeah, and I guess that just sort of makes it all the more authentic as well. It's it's a far more reliable resource um, having articles written by sailors from all around the world, all around the world. Sorry, um, with you know different uh, experiences in different fields. For example, we have um, a, a neuroscientist. She's also a sailor, um, and she talks to us about the benefits of sundowners, for example, from a from a neuroscientist perspective. 
Uh, we have an environmental toxicologist writing about the impacts of antifoul. That's obviously a topic that uh, we're very interested in at the moment, given that we're about to, to repaint our antifoul. We have um, even a seaweed specialist speaking to us about foraging seaweeds um, in the underwater sea garden. Um, you know, even things, freediving instructors, meditation coaches, personal trainers, all of these people are, are liverboard sailors from all around the world. And um, and even just a regular liverboard sailor who just really knows their stuff in the galley. So, you know, these are all the kinds of um, articles that we're, we're publishing at the moment. And we said from the very start that we wanted to be, um, we wanted to be different and uh, support the liverboard lifestyle. So we really um, only want um, people who are um, liverboards to to, um, to contribute. We want them. We want people to be um, knowledgeable from first-hand experience, um, and we want to support them because we realise how hard it is to make a living whilst um, whilst travelling and living this lifestyle. So the whole idea is that we um, split any income with the contributors to keep their liverboard lifestyle afloat. So um, that was always very important to us. Yeah, I love the community and the online presence that you have. And I have spent a fair bit of time there already. And I love that you are coming at it from a place of we don't know everything, but we know people or the people are out there and collectively we can increase this um, mindful living and, and this wholesome sailor concept. And uh, I think that is just such a great idea. And it is a very versatile website. And uh, as a vegan, I've loved seeing all the recipes out there. Uh, I am dying to try that sourdough bread because I have tried to make one throughout the whole pandemic that we had for the last couple of years. And I've yet to see success. So I am curious to try that. But uh, overall, I think it's just so great because I think it also brings together a lot of similarly minded people. And I think that's uh, Liverboard Sailors as a group in itself are very similarly minded, but I think this is almost taking it one step further and adding that sort of mindfulness um, aspect to it. So it's, it's been a wonderful, and it's just a really delightful place to be online. So thank you for making that because sometimes, you know, you get to the Facebooks and whatnots of the world online and it's just a terrible place. So it's always nice to have a happy, positive place to be online. Uh, thanks for that. Yeah, we've got um, we've got some big plans ahead with it all. So we're uh, excited to um, yeah to keep building this, and um, yeah, we hope everyone enjoys it. Oh, I bet they will, and they do. So, okay, so I'd like to take this conversation to a whole different direction. So <laughs> bear with me here. So I've heard from quite a few people that what they find as one of the most challenging parts of the Liverpool lifestyle has to do with toilets. And I saw that you've actually mentioned composting toilets in one of your Instagram posts. So if we can get real here for a second. So what are your thoughts on composting toilets? Is it a yay or is it a nay? Oh, we've got a good story about this one, Annika. <laughs> when we first bought the boat, we, uh, we decided that we wanted a composting toilet. And um, as we just uh, spent a bit of money buying the boat, we, we realized that, um, you know, they weren't cheap. So we, um, as we do, I'm, I'm, I've, consider myself a bit handy so I thought well why don't I build my own or our own toilet uh, the composting toilet so um, I spent a good three or four days designing and building a composting toilet and it all looked really good and um, so what we did is we sold our old toilet 
and uh, miraculously, someone bought a secondhand marine toilet. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. And um, <laughs> so we sold it. So there was no turning back. And um, so anyway, we um, installed the one that I built, and we we got working, and uh, it got working fine. It, it didn't smell. It it was it was you know it was okay. It was comfortable. But the problem problem wasn't the smell or anything. It was the visuals. I, I didn't have a good way to hide the visuals of the whole thing. So, um, look, it took us a couple of weeks of, of using it and um, being disgusted every time we go to the toilet by uh, what the last person left. <laughs> so um, we had some crew coming on board and, and uh, you know, they were going to be with us for a few weeks. So we decided that, um, yeah, we wouldn't want to put anyone else uh, through this. Um, so we ended up throwing it away and we went back to a, um, an electric head for the time being. And um, I, think, uh, I think now once this one breaks down, then um, we're going we're gonna to purchase a, a proper, you know, uh, proper made composting toilet that works properly. All right. I love that you shared that. And I know it's a weird topic, but every time I see somebody talk about composting toilets, I want to ask about them because in my mind, they make so much sense, but I have not experienced one on a sailboat. So I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's just an idea in my head that it's really hard to let go. So I just need to keep hearing these stories before, you know, get into it. But I think at the moment, based on my previous in the podcast conversation i think the ranking is electric toilets and then maybe a composting toilet and then just a regular i don't know the, the jury is still out there a little bit <laughs> yeah look the the, pro the the main problem with um with the electric toilet is that is the noise and obviously the um discharge into the ocean so yeah look we, we would we do love the idea of a composting toilet but um i don't think it's um something you would want to build yourself yeah fair enough yeah i don't think i would do that i would i think i would not be brave enough to think I could build that and then keep that going. But I like the concept of it. So I don't know. Uh, that remains to be seen what happens with <laughs> with my future boat one day. <laughs> but all right. So that is uh, already a great tip about, uh, you know, think about your toilet situation when you're, <laughs> when you're sailing. But I'm wondering, would you have some other tips or advice to share for especially for somebody who wants to have a small impact on the environment as a liverboard sailor because i know you are a very conscious sailor so would you have some tips or advice uh, for anyone looking in looking to get into this lifestyle yeah well i guess just become a liverboard sailor um we really i guess have found it to be quite an eye-opening experience um to be a liverboard sailor you obviously are very conscious of your resources, your water use, the electricity that you use, um, being that, you know, quite often you're, you've got quite a short supply of both. Um, and you're also witnessing all of that plastic pollution in the ocean and on the beach, and it's it's in your face every day. So I think just that alone is um, is enough to kind of kick you into gear to, to spend a little bit more time to be conscious about how you use your resources and the purchases that you make as well. Um, so, you know, just having that extra time as well to to spend time researching alternatives. And obviously, the Wholesome Sailors website is a great resource to be looking at for tips for all this, because there is a lot to cover on this topic. And I think you're right. Like once you do become a Liverpool sailor and, you know, not speaking from experience, but I'm picturing this, like you said, like once you do live very close to the nature, the environment that you're in, you see everything that's going on there. Uh, so you probably have a lot closer relationship 
to nature, uh, which I'm actually really looking forward to currently living in a city in an apartment. So I am quite looking forward to being a little bit closer to the environment and, and the nature out there. So we've already talked about uh, your experience. We've talked about your beautiful photos on Instagram. We've talked about the Wholesome Sailors uh, online platform. So as we wrap up here, can you share for everybody, where can they go and follow all of this goodness online? Yeah, so you can find us on the social channels at uh, The Wholesome Sailors um, or on our website, thewholesomesailors.co. Uh, they're the two um, the two channels that you can find the wholesome sailors and um, from there you'll find um, our personal accounts and um, also if you want a boat logo then um, call, yeah, go to boatlogo.co well there you have it you know where to go online and of course if you do have a need for a logo do you consider supporting a fellow liverbird sailor the wholesome sailors community is truly a wonderful website and it is described as a place for salty vagabonds to find and share wholesome ideas and lifestyle concepts that inspire a more meaningful life off-grid. If that sounds like your kind of thing, then go check out wholesomesailors.co and you will actually find that some of my previous and future podcast guests are contributing authors over there. Next week, it's time to take out your notebooks as I chat with a couple with a ton of experience who share some truly great gems about boat shopping and the lifestyle in general. In the meantime, you can come say hi on social media, YouTube, or Patreon, where you can find me as Liverbird Sailing Podcast. Bye for now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.